0: welcome we have Maze from strange music what's going on let's just start off with um like where you started out
1: okay um i mean i've been making music my entire life you know most kids want to be musicians or athletes so they try their hand at it usually at a young age Mm -hmm. and then uh growing up my mom was a rapper so that encouraged me to flow a little bit more you know from time to time i'd hear her or she'd play you know certain songs um i actually won my first rap contest in i think i was like sixth seventh grade maybe it was it was it was fun because the competition it was just a talent show and i had wrote and so a lot of the kids in the talent show were performing covers. Like one of the kids did, uh, this is why I'm hot by Mims. That was a big song at the time. Do you remember that? Right. This is yeah. why I'm hot. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then these, these girls did a TLC cover. Uh, and I came out there and I had gotten a beat off of YouTube and wrote an original song about being drug free. And so I was the only kid that did an original song that I wrote myself. And, um, I was really nervous when I did it too. Like I was like I had spent months rehearsing for this show. And then when the show came, I was so cuz I had remembered all the words. But when the show Yeah, Lucia. The crowd. Oh, yeah. And so I'm like I'm like wrapped uh, when they went down from third place, once they said third place and didn't say my name, I thought I, I thought, you know, I was going to get an award for participating if I was lucky. And when I won first place, that kind of really encouraged me to uh, take music more seriously because I thought maybe I was better than I thought I was if other people were recognizing it. And so uh, from middle school on up, I kind of just dabbled in it because it was a fun hobby but I had always wanted to be a basketball player and then in high school being on the basketball team everybody would you know want to rap after after practice and freestyle and I was better than a lot of guys in school that actually were wanting to rap and so when I first heard myself on record in high school when we went to a studio to record just a homie's crib I fell in love with the creative medium and then kind of from there thought this is what I want to do for the rest of my life and so it was really when I was about 16 that I realized it mm-hmm. yeah and then, yes
0: and then it's like ran- grinding from there and then you end up with mm-hmm. strange music mm-hmm. and being signed on there I remember when you got signed actually it was like pretty cool I was like oh I didn't know they were signing new people and then um I listened to your stuff and it seemed really uh really good it was like a a lot of bass a lot of like 808s it was really cool mm-hmm. it, it sounded really good um thank
1: you i love i love those frequencies
0: yeah and i feel like it was more like i feel like it could like go into like um probably the younger young kind of crowd of like mm-hmm. like maybe like teenagers or some early 20s kind of crowd and they would really yeah. like that kind of 808 and stuff yeah, I thought it really fit to that like mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, and I mean,
1: like, I'm, I'm, I, I, try to. When I got signed, um, I was around 24, 25 when I was being courted, so I was making music that I wanted to listen to, and you know, being that that is uh, the the crowd of people you're saying that you imagine it would appeal to, that was the goal, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, appealing to that, that, that age range in that market, but also still having the capacity to appeal to older people. And I think with my producer EP music and his, um, his uh, history in, in in the jazz music world and all that stuff, you know, just he's a musical savant that gave it an, a, a larger appeal. And then some of the stuff I would talk about as well. It wasn't always about partying and turning up. I would talk about some real shit that I think yeah. could resonate with anyone.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I've got that. Even I'm a fan and I'm 27, so um, there you go, All right? <laughs> and then um, I was waiting for you to, like, tour, but then the COVID shit happened. Um, I was going to have, like, everybody sign this, like, shirt or whatever, but I didn't get that shirt. Um, but then... You know, I met you in person recently um, through the uh, meet and greet, and you were a really cool guy, very humble, very, very good raw talent, I would say. It's just like waiting to like prove himself, like I, we're all wanting to prove ourselves. I think you nailed the crowd pretty well. Boise is pretty loving though. We really love like strange music, and we really love like rap because we don't have a lot of rappers here, but
1: yeah. That was a great, it was a great fan base out there. I mean, there were a couple of places we went to, you know, Kansas City, of course, Denver. Um, We were in, I think it was Albuquerque, New Mexico. The fans out there were insane. So, you know, there's some pockets where, I mean, they go crazy for the Strange Music um, family.
0: And you recently uh, actually dropped an album. And uh, you have to excuse me, my ADD. I have to, like, look at my notes real quick hello people, goodbye hello goodbyes yeah sorry about that unprofessional i was just kind of like hello goodbye would you like to uh speak on that and like give us the um concept of that album
1: and what's about yeah i mean so i'll preface this album by saying that my first two albums were more about me speaking from a place of introspection and conscious exploration and expansion you know I was saying my dreams come true and I couldn't help but put that in my music. Uh, but with this third album, I really wanted to give people a different side of me, the side of me that really wanted to celebrate everything that was happening. And so I created a, a, a body of work that I felt like people could enjoy in places of celebration. Um, you know. As, far as just turning up having a good time being out with your friends because this is a, a part of my life and a part of my life that I enjoy experiencing and I wanted to create a soundtrack that could accompany that while still at the same time providing you with some real subject matter in, in between those those ups and downs of those ebbs and flows mm-hmm. um, um, but hello goodbye generally is just a, a hello to all that is new and a goodbye to maybe a lot of what I had grown used to um, as I continue to evolve. And and I'm really proud of that body of work. I think it has a lot of mainstream appeal and I'm working to, to expand on that with this next album.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, one song that, uh, it's not like on your album, but like when I first heard you was like one of the songs that you did that was, uh, like had to do with your like dream of like making it and like you were like wh- it started off with like uh tech nine shouting you out on stage and then you're and then the mm-hmm. it goes into a nice
1: flow i um, learned the most when i had the least, and i yeah. fell in love with home when i was in the streets that's called destiny from my second album my son yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. that's one of my favorite cuts from that project
0: that's probably one of my favorites because that motivates me as an artist to like try hard and like mm-hmm. never give up, even as a podcaster, never to give up. You know, um, not, I mean, all your music is really, really good, but that one just stands out for me. Plus the um... ah, fuck, why am I getting all scatterbrained here? Um, you know, like the one that you really, ah, shit, I got so much on my mind today. <laughs> like, uh, all good. A by with and like and yeah, track nine. F- mm-hmm. and, and fuck them or fuck no, you know, like mm-hmm. all those songs, too. You know, um, Mace, just your album is called Mace, that's what it's called.
1: I'm so Yeah. that was the first album,
0: <laughs> yeah. And then you did like part ones and part twos and
1: stuff, too. Mm-hmm. I released uh, some EPs before the album dropped. Nice,
0: I was always kind of curious about like how. It would feel to be into that, like, studio and then go in with, like, um, Tech 9 and go into the studio with, like, uh, Chris Calco or, like, um, meet King Iso and, like, work with all these people and try to, like, have, like, a new – make some new friends and kind of just, like, make some good music together and, like, travel around with those guys that – probably like it is a dream come true and it's probably a life changer. And, uh, you know, with life changes, it's like new, hard, uh, new tough situations that happen that you guys kind of just have to like work
1: together and like, um, You know, yeah, no, I mean, it was, an, it was an amazing experience getting an opportunity to tour with ISO and Jerry Robinson. And uh, I never got the opportunity to put together any music with Chris Calico. And the music that I made with Tech, I was usually recording in my studio. And then we would send the music to each other. We've never had a session in the studio together. But as far as this records that I made with Jerry and ISO, we made those together on tour and it was really organic. And we were together when we made those. Uh, We actually recorded those records on my laptop, my microphone, and my uh, my mobile studio that I bring with me everywhere I go, and so that was a great opportunity for us to get to know each other because we hadn't had any music prior, and I never wanted to force a record with those guys, and I knew people were starting to get antsy, people were commenting about why I hadn't had more strange features, but I hadn't had the chance to. Uh, to integrate myself with any of those guys and, you know, organically cross-pollinate. And when we got on tour, we connected and we were able to create the music easily. And, you know, a lot of Frenemies is a really popular record that people are gravitating towards. And me and Iso put that together um, just very naturally. And and, and and I think that you can hear that on the record. And then Strange Flows with Jerry, I mean, it speaks for itself. I can't wait for more Strange music fans to listen to it and understand I'll mm-hmm. auto-tune this chopper at your face like really understand yeah. why i'm coming off the way that i am because of you know how strange they think i am which is ironic mm-hmm. and um you know just how they think my music is supposed to sound and mm-hmm. and, and just me, you know uh, uh, echoing to them a sentiment that that is their own sentiment and tech non-sentiment that i'm gonna, gonna continue to be myself
0: yeah i learned that uh features aren't as necessary like right away you have to like build up a like a catalog of music and then like go off with features i mean it's cool to like have like your friends you know like feature with you but like if you're gonna like have like you can have like one or two features but i feel like you have to have like a good amount of music to to like so fans to establish
1: be... yourself, like to set yourself apart. You don't want to look like you're just being co-signed by everybody in the game, and you can't hold your own weight. Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah. Um, I I've definitely realized that, and like, um, recently actually, I was like I I've had features. I technically count these interviews as features. Um, you know, sometimes some features don't work out, and some really do are awesome you know like but i do have to like build up myself too i mean in some ways i was thinking about doing some solo episodes too and all that stuff but you know it's all about establishing yourself which is what you're trying to do what a lot of people from strange music are trying to do um strange music is probably one of the most respected um labels out there Mm and and it's it means, it's like you have to like gain respect from the audience, and like you were up there in Boise, you were gain you were given getting respect from us because you were showing energy, you were showing, you know who you were. As yeah, I'm, I'm amazed. This is me. I'm up on yeah. stage. I'm here to show you guys who I am.
1: Yeah, you you know, I'm up there having an experience whenever yeah. I'm up on stage, you know. I'm not up there to put on a, a performance or to do a job. Mm-hmm. I'm up there having an experience and, and being that art is 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 so powerful in its ability to translate emotion. When people see and experience and 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 feel that it transfers to them mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they're having an experience.
0: Yeah, and that applies into mental health a little bit too. It's like you're like a big artist's mental health is probably probably like a little bit hidden away, and we we only like concentrate on like the artist of who you are. You know, I've talked a lot about this through a lot of other artists that have been on my podcast, but the ne- the audience never really remembers that you're human and you have mm-hmm. you have a life, you have. Struggles. Um, yeah. You butt heads with people, and you try to make you try to make music, and it doesn't come out as quickly. Or some things just don't work out, you know. And like you're trying your best, um, and that's where I always mention: like, don't forget that Maze, Tech Nine, King Iso are all human beings.
1: Tech and Nine is Aaron, and Maze is Hassan. You know, and we're people.
0: Yeah. You know? Definitely. I mean, I just learned your name actually from, you know, I just asked you for your name because I wanted to like be able to know it, like, so I could be respectful, I guess. Be like, yeah. oh, I want to know your name because you're, and I just know you as Maze. Mm-hmm. Right? And I don't even know King Iso's name. <laughs> I think it's like starts with J or something. I'll let him tell you. Okay. He could probably tell me. That would actually get his attention. And then he'd be on my podcast, and then he'd <laughs> yeah, talk yeah. about me. Like, oh, yeah, no, um, yeah. I this podcast is like I'm um, gonna tell him a little bit about myself um, for a minute. I, I have a habit of talking about myself, but whatever. Yeah, um, join the club. <laughs> I was just gonna say like this podcast is hard. Um, I have I have I have had a, my first big artist say that this podcast sucked and it was unprofessional and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to come out and say it and I'm going to be totally transparent. Okay. Whatever. It sucks. It's, It's, I mean, I come up, I come up with this stuff without, I tried to like challenge myself to get to know somebody just by like coming out of my shell and stuff. Um, I feel like podcasts are like generally conversation based, you know, um, so it's like not a lot of people understand. They look at other artists, and they seem like, "Oh, you're supposed to sound like this. You're supposed to be like this." But like you're doing your own thing, and you're like, "I'm, I'm just trying to be myself." <laughs> Some people don't get that either, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's the harsh reality of it. I mean, I've.
1: I mean, I mean when you're putting your work out there to the world, you're always susceptible to criticism, but I think that's one of the, uh, most important characteristics of a true artist is mm-hmm. their comfort with vulnerability. Yeah. You
0: know? I'm sure you've been pretty criticized a lot. Um, like probably when oh, you were yeah. starting out or like, oh, yeah. even now, probably behind the scenes, maybe, maybe tech nine just says some, something like, Oh, maybe he's like saying, Oh, this isn't uh, as good as like, you know, or like maybe he's saying, Oh, this isn't on B. Would you like to try again, or maybe, maybe the um product, maybe the mix isn't that great. Could we try this again? You know, like, and you think this mix is really awesome, but like the producer or ten nine or somebody made a comment like, "Oh, the mix isn't. It could be better." You know, I I, re- yeah. I think it's the way you put it. Maybe like, "Oh, I think that you're good. I see where I see you, but you should like the mix could be better," or mm-hmm. that, like, um you know or like when people people usually crap on on autotune a lot like oh you're on autotune no oh, i don't respect that isn't when artists do autotune like i will tell you right now a lot of artists are on autotune like a producer will tell you like i put a lot of artists in autotune and autotune's not really a bad thing per se um, yeah it it can sound good you know it's it just depends on the artists what the artist wants it's like okay I'll,
1: yeah I'll, I'll do it i mean I, it just depends on what the what the listener is listening for yeah you know like it's uh, at the end of the day as an artist i'm an entrepreneur and i'm creating a product yeah. and if my product is intended to be for swimmers but you're a rock climber then you're always going to have an issue with what i'm making
0: yeah for sure yeah, um, I wanted to like talk about that because it's like a, a thing that a lot of people say to like a new artist or like it seems like a reoccurring thing when someone meets a new talent and they're mm-hmm. like, they're overly like critical. They're like trying to like, there's some strange fans that are like real critical and they'll be like, oh, you're not this, you're not this. And like, oh, I miss the old tech. Oh, I miss the old whatever. And it's Mm -hmm. like, and I mentioned that is because, you know, it's just an artist thing where you have to like grow as a, like a person and like an artist at the same time. And they don't really realize that at all. Um, I'm sure there's an old maze that we loved. (laughs) Like a lot of your friends or local scene probably know really well. Mm -hmm. And now you're, you're way different because you uh, grew and you, yeah. change, you changed in a good way. We're supposed to change, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to I want to see like where was your like I wanted to ask Tech this. I was thinking about it yesterday, but it would be a really cool question. Like on your first ever album you ever had, you had a different mindset. You did you had a different like way of looking at things and how you did things with music and where you were musically versus now, like how. How would you say you improved? Like, where were the points where you improved?
1: Like, I mean, I think I just trust myself more. Hmm. I think I trust my process. I think I uh, have more faith in what it is that I'm uh, being asked to create. And um, I think I have more faith in the story I'm being asked to tell. Um, and I think every day I'm growing more and more courageous in regards to that and in carrying uh, the load necessary on on my part to give uh, to people something of quality, um, independent of what I think other people may deem as acceptable um, uh, as far as uh, my line of work is concerned. Like at the end of the day, I want to give people quality art, quality music, Mm-hmm. And every day I'm just trying to get better at understanding how I can do that and how I can trust what it is life um, introduces me to that can contribute to that manifestation. Yeah. You know? That's... In the beginning, I was a little more tentative. I was a little more closed-minded. Um, And I think I had to do it. I think I felt like it was, I had to do it all on my own. And I think I realize now that I'm more comfortable creatively collaborating with uh, people that have something to offer to my process in regards to it becoming an even greater version of what it was. You know, um, they always say two heads are better than one, you know? And as far as what I'm creating, my intention is to incorporate as much genius as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to give people something that they can remember, something unforgettable. And I see the beauty in, in, in being able to uh, have the courage to go about it the way that I'm doing it. Um, you know, as far as like production and writing and engineering and and like all of these things, are uh, 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 components to my artistry that I that I'm okay with um, uh, having um, uh, uh, contributions in regards to. Um, I think when you when you can build a team that's all working toward the same goal, I mean you can't lose. And I think we have created a, a culture sometimes where that's looked down upon because I think. You know, uh, if I can go off on a bit of a tangent here, my sister is a vendor. And and so when I say she's a vendor, there's this place where her and a couple of other businesses uh, congregate to sell a product to people. And in this place, the other vendors sometimes make jokes about the other vendors. And they, you know, they're, they're just joking. It's a little bit of a light banter. And, you know, they may scare off a customer or two. But ultimately, there's some truth to it. And it's, I don't want to see you win because I'm trying to win. And your success may take it away from my own. And the thing is, for me, I think we see that a lot where people feel like, well, if you're successful, maybe it, 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 it will make it uh, a little harder for me to be successful. And for me, I, I, I just want to impart a different vision uh, in the inclusion of many different people and how I believe that through this uh uh, coming together it'd be nearly impossible for me and my team to lose especially if we continue to have faith in our vision yeah you know so only time will tell but uh i'm 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 confident and i'm excited
0: yeah definitely um it's important to have a team um it definitely it is uh some people can do it on their own um Ultimately, you need kind of just to build a team. Um, I can't really do marketing. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Really, I can't like. I can't always be like. Sooner or later, I'm gonna be booking like a good twenty people on my podcast, and I'm gonna hey. get overloaded. You know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and, and I'm gonna get bigger and bigger, and it's it's gonna be hard to like. I mean, Spotify, Apple Music don't really make money, so I have to make merch. I have to like get people interested in other things other than the music, like clothing and like, uh, CDs and like Um, maybe if I do like a YouTube channel, if I stream or something, I can like keep on posting things so I can stay busy. Um, yep. A lot of people I've seen kind of just aren't as busy. Sometimes they don't even show up and they're local and they're small. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't be doing that anymore. If you wanna make music and you start you have to like level up. You have to keep going up and keep trying. It's like it's like kinda of like working out. Um mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get like the six pack I want by like going in the gym once
1: a day. Or
0: once right. I mean once a <laughs> once a week. week. <laughs> yeah, once a week. I'm not gonna like, like
1: damn mom feeling, you're making me feel kinda of shitty about Mom. <laughs> no, no,
0: no. It's it's mama okay, mama we mama. have life we we get busy but like you know
1: um that aisle.
0: or like once a mile, month or whatever you know every 6 months you work out but like working out is like if you want to go for aesthetics or strength um mm-hmm. i want to go for aesthetics aesthetics is when you look good it's when you have right. the six pack the packs
1: Ooh, yeah the arms,
0: and you and you yes. look good on stage when you're taking your shirt off like iso does <laughs> and then, like, um, you know, um, and then you kind of learn about fitness, and it's you feel good mentally and physically. Um, I see the gym that you guys go like. It seems like everyone goes to the same gym. I've seen on Instagram where Tech Nine has the same gym. Sometimes I catch King ISO at the same gym. Do you guys like have a gym
1: that you all go to, or is it like uh, they might? I I don't even live in the same area as those guys do. Those guys live kind of in that same general area where they can be. Mm.
0: Oh, I thought I'm it
1: was in like Florida right now. So I just kind of do my own thing. When I'm not in Florida, I'm either in Maryland or in LA. Nice. So they've got their own thing going. I don't know anything about that. Oh,
0: they. So you travel a lot. So uh, doing shows.
1: I do quite a bit. Uh, If I'm not doing shows, just bouncing around and making sure I can uh, make myself visible to the people I care about when I'm not so busy.
0: Yeah. Um, And that's another thing. It's like you can perform in other states. That also makes it really a good move, too. Um, Because you'll get a lot of fans and you'll keep getting busy. You have like everybody knowing about Maze and Strange Music. I Mm -hmm. saw them in Florida. I saw them in New York. I saw them. LA I saw him in Kansas City yeah and like and that eventually pays off and then sooner or later you may have a lot of fans yeah, sooner
1: <laughs> or later yeah it's great Get off, he's crashing down
0: <laughs> so what are you up to right now
1: just strolling my neighborhood getting some fresh air
0: no really that's yeah,
1: funny. I'm a walker. I like to walk. It keeps me connected with the universe, so to speak. Yeah. Encourages thought, you know, things like that. That's dope. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just a real nature person. Like I don't I don't I'm not gonna say I don't watch TV, but I don't watch a lot of TV. Mm. I prefer to be outside, engaging in physical activity or or just, you know, being in nature. I can be outside and and be completely still. I'll just sit, stare at the water, stare at a nice view, but there's nothing like being outside that makes me feel more alive. Mm. Where did you
0: say you were from again?
1: Born in New York, raised in Maryland, and now I'm currently spending a lot of time in South Florida.
0: Nice. Yes. No no new uh, Jerrys in New York um and then you have to like prove yourself in New York otherwise you'd like I, I feel like they're really harsh with like the hip-hop scene um I guess the crowd there or something like that and you have to like really be good otherwise you kind of just get off sta- boot off stage or whatever So
1: depends on the style of music you know music has evolved a lot in New York. I don't think it's all about like hard bars. Mm -hmm. and like lyrical ability so much anymore like there are so many different styles of rap that are popular like i'm a big fan of of j.i the prince in new york he's not like some lyrical assassin he's very melodic and his music is catchy and emotional and you know if your music is good and they fuck with it i mean it's then that's going to translate anywhere you go i think at this point in music so
0: What are your favorite, uh, like, your top 10 favorite rappers, or if you have a
1: favorite top 10? Um, Jay-Z, Drake, uh, Lauren Hill, um, Kanye West, Andre 3000, um... This is when it starts to get a little tough. Where's Khalifa? Um, hmm. Let's see. Little Wayne. Um, hmm. Hmm. Um... Um, I would say, damn, that's I need to give you three more.
0: (laughs) Or, you just my
1: favorite, or, or or the, am I giving you favorites or best of all time?
0: Probably best of all time.
1: My favorites change year to year. Okay, so we're talking best of all time. Then again, that's Jay, Drake, uh, Andre 3000, Lauren Hill, Lil Wayne. Uh, Kendrick Lamar. um, Rick Ross. um, uh, J Cole. um, um, Maybe. Not maybe. Fuck, I hate picking favorites. I'm going to say Notorious B.I.G., and uh damn, I gotta throw check nine, yeah. That's my 10 nine. Right it's probably the obvious That's ones. The, uh, huh? Yeah. huh?
0: Probably the obvious ones. I mean uh the ones that are like iconic, I would
1: say. Oh I left out Kanye. Oh, yeah, I Kanye. love how Kanye. How Kanye I'm gonna have to say, t- I love Wiz Khalifa, he's one of my biggest influences, but if we're talking best of all time, and I gotta take Kanye and replace Wiz with him because that's in no specific order. So um Kanye and stuff like this.
0: Kanye West, uh, did you uh listen to his new song um where he was dissing uh, Pete Davidson and his wife, ex-wife?
1: Yeah, when he did the song Easy with uh the game? Yeah. Yeah, I like... I I mean, I I fuck with Kanye. I liked his verse. I like his ability to express himself so candidly in his music and to be so transparent. Mm -hmm. It's dope. It puts him at a different level than everyone else. Yeah. Because everyone else seems a bit... uh, Like... uh, There seems to be a a bit of a, a... a shroud over some of the music you hear from people where they give you a bit, but i mean kanye like that's what i think makes drake so special is he could talk about something that happened to him that morning you know yeah. everybody yeah. loves that
0: that's funny um i i think he really did good on that song <laughs> it was like really cool it's like why bring why uh, what was it why bring to the table he said, when i I'm think i table. survived
1: yeah, he said, I think I survived the uh, crash just so I could beat Pete Davidson's ass. <laughs> Jesus.
0: He ain't going right. to beat no one's ass. <laughs> I
1: mean, you know, entertainment, it's all the WWE. I watch a yeah. lot of NBA basketball. And those guys get in each other's faces sometimes. Like, they're about to throw blows. But ain't nobody about to punch nobody. Yeah. But, you know, that's what people want.
0: I think some of the people probably watching would probably want to know what your favorite basketball team is. Maybe.
1: Well, uh, my favorite basketball team currently is the Charlotte Hornets, but mostly just because I'm a Lamelo ball stand. Like, wherever he goes, I'm going to go. That's the type of fan I am. I don't give a shit how anybody feels. If he goes to the Bucs next year, I'm a Bucks fan. I just want to – I'm excited to watch his career unfold. Uh, he's an amazing player. Who doesn't want to play like him? I hit the court now, and I try to make these ridiculous passes, and I try to play – up-tempo like he does he's fun to watch he's a game changer and nice. wherever, wherever he plays I'm 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 rocking a jersey
0: nice you might actually um I, I always see E40 sitting on like the front row he's a
1: Warriors fan yeah
0: I always see yeah. him there so if
1: you ever like see him there
0: tell him I said hey.
1: hi him and my him and my manager are real close so I'll, I'll put yeah. in the good work like yeah Derek say what up
0: yeah, this uh, podcaster named Derek This podcast is a little mediocre A little weird
1: He's <laughs> He, he I. <high> <laughs> Man,
0: I I love E40 For many, I think he's probably one of the greatest I think he's the most humble too He's a, He seems like a real solid dude Like he's really nice You can like approach him and he'd be really cool He'd like buy you something neat He'd like <laughs> He'd help you out He's like, hey, I got He he has your tab, you know. He's, he's seems like a cool guy. He's like, I mean,
1: I met E40, and I'm not going to lie, he was kind of an asshole. Oh, that's expected. Kind of, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He was cool. He was cool. Okay. (laughs) He's cool. I don't, (laughs) I always assume like,
0: I don't know. I always, I, I recently had experience where I did meet my hero kind of, and he was an asshole to me. Um, oh no! But like, I had him on my podcast. I don't really care if I you had your
1: hero on your podcast. That's fucking awesome.
0: Well, I had okay. Since I'm already blasting up my mouth, I'm sure he's not going to give a shit or care. Futuristic was on my podcast. Oh, the rapper. Yeah, the rapper. Oh, and, and I had him on my podcast, and he was. I had a different experience. But I don't want to trash him. Um, I'm sure he's a nice guy. He's probably having a bad day. Um, But like the way he like his demeanor was like very Mm -hmm. irritated, very mean. Mm -hmm. And then he blasted Mm -hmm. my podcast on another podcast on live. It was like, oh, he was like, oh, this podcast isn't professional. This ain't what a podcast is. I don't like wasting my time. You know, like it's like, I'm sorry, dude. You went on a small podcast. I don't know what else you were expecting. If I, yeah. if, we, if we were on like Joe Rogan or like any other podcast, big giant podcast like that, uh-huh. you ought to expect like conversation. You're going to, you need to like, you got to just, you can boast about yourself. You can like unload on all the like greatness that you have to like talk about yourself. Like, oh, I'm awesome here. I have this song. I did this song with this guy and, and you know, it was a great impact. My, you just got to unload with your, like, you know, arrogance. <laughs> huh. it's, it's well, about- I'm,
1: sorry. I'm sorry you had to go through that, man.
0: It's okay. Um, I probably shouldn't have mentioned it, but whatever. It, it is what it is. Um, I learned a lesson from that is that, you know, uh, sometimes people have their own opinions. Um, he has his own opinion He's a great artist. He's talented. Um, he seems like a real nice guy sometimes and some people think he's a really awesome guy. Um, you know, sometimes we have experiences with uh, big time artists and we're like, Oh, he's a pretty cool guy. Um, but like some people don't get that cause we have a bad day and a lot of artists have a bad day and that's okay.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. I, um, I'm always a person that feels like, you know, fans run down on me or anything like that. Like, I always want to be kind and respectful and make them feel comfortable. Yeah. But I'm human, and I can imagine that, you know, here and there, I might find, I might find myself bothered. And I remember one day being at a Lakers game, um, I have ran into Luke Walton. I mean, not Luke Walton, Bill Walton. And me and the friend that I, w- I was with, we had a few drinks. And so I was feeling a little confident about going up to him because I never go up to anyone and ask for pictures. And he was literally in the middle of the conversation. It was really rude on my part. And I was just like, Bill, Bill, Bill. And he was ignoring me and I should have walked away. And then he looks at me and he's just like scowling at me. It was kind of scary. And I said, can I, can I get a picture, please? And he yeah. takes the picture with me and he puts this big, fake-ass Cheshire cat smile on. If you saw the picture, you'd think he couldn't, have, he couldn't wait to take the picture with me. Yeah. And then he just resumes scowling at me and looks away and continues this conversation. And I, you know, I saunter out of the room. And I'm just glad that it happened because mm-hmm. I think if I ever find myself completely just like, you know, irritated out of my mind by somebody running up to me and maybe not being considerate, I'll always mm. remember that I was that person. Because that was the only time that had ever happened to me in my life. I don't normally run up to people um, ever. Um, But I'm glad I had that experience. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes when you're a fan, you lose touch with reality for a moment because these people don't seem real to you. Mm. You know what I mean? And so you kind of like, um, don't even consider the way that they feel. Yeah. Or... Or things like that so yeah
0: i guess i have to kind of like humble myself i mean he he's a big big artist i'm a small artist it probably was a waste of his time because i i I didn't mention i probably mentioned more than once that it was like a conversation-based mental health podcast where i talk about people's passions in life and i just make conversation um Maybe he wasn't with it. And he was like, oh, checking time.
1: Well, before the interview is over, if you want to touch on mental health at all, uh, that's yeah. something that uh, I'm comfortable talking about that I think is important. Yeah. So we can spend some time on that before we wrap up. Yeah. Uh, we can. Do you have wrap. any specific questions? Um.
0: Well, I was just saying, like, um, I'm stepping on my cord here.
1: Your studio looks amazing, by the way.
0: Oh, yeah. I. I mean, I I pay for studio time with my um, I have like a little team. I I guess you could say, um, I have some really good friends. Night Owl Studios, um, they like have a really good business here, and they're like making a studio area, you know. And I'm kind of like just starting out. I started off like on my computer, laptop. Yeah, my laptop started breaking, and I was like, oh man, I can't afford another laptop. So I was like. Can I use your space for like a good premium a month or episodes? I was like, sure. They're like, okay.
1: We go. And well, the studio looks amazing, man. And, and I mean, shit. Speaking of, um, you know, people feeling like maybe your podcast could be more professional, I want to apologize on my behalf because I don't think it's very professional that I'm just outside walking and interviewing because I know you're hearing the ambiance of the neighborhood, oh, and good. so I know that that could interfere with integrity. Of the podcast. I just want to apologize about that.
0: Oh, no, um, you're good. Chris Kalko was in his car on his phone. It's and probably
1: it, a lot quieter unless he was driving.
0: Uh, he It went well, but usually phones never work out, but your audio seems to be doing pretty good. There might be, okay, s- I good. mean, it's just all about editing, you know, chopping up the little sounds. As long as you're not like talking while that is like doing, you know, you're pretty good right now. So you're good. I mean, you're professional. You are. <laughs> I can tell.
1: Thanks, hey, man. I tr- I try. Yeah.
0: Um, we can talk about a little bit about um like depression, anxiety, and like self worth. Uh, it's, it's not really a question, but like how, okay. how can you like relate to those depression, anxiety, self worth,
1: anxiety, um, self worth, and things like that? Um, I think in my line of work these are things that are highlighted and when i say highlighted i think it's it can be made pretty clear pretty quickly who's anxious who's depressed and who suffers from a low amount of self worth mm-hmm. because we're under such a, ma- a microscope and for me in understanding that you know i'm going to be looked at by so many people, um, I felt like it was important for me to spend time and and, and to often spend my downtime, which is why I walk a lot, why I appreciate nature so much, connecting with myself, finding value with who I am, what makes me uniquely myself, so that when I'm in these environments where everybody's looking at me and everyone has an expectation for me to be a certain type of way, that I'm comfortable completely with who I am, because in those spaces and places where these expectations are put on me to maybe look, behave, carry myself a certain way, when I begin to give in to those pressures, that's when I feel most anxious. And the anxiety comes from me losing uh, grip with who I truly and authentically am. And the anxiety comes from this deep question about why. You know, and that question being unanswered is what I think leads people to being depressed. And so I sit and I try to answer to myself why I think it's important to be who I am or why in certain environments I may lose sight of who I am so that I can work to resolve that and, 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 and exist with a greater amount of clarity. Um, and so then that's where self-worth comes in. You know, loving myself and knowing that I'm good enough as I am and as I present, especially if I'm radiating from a frequency of love, you know, and accepting other people for uniquely who they are, not projecting to them. They have to be something outside of their Yeah,
0: I definitely have gotten depressed recently from having, like, a big artist trash you and you're, like, trying your best to, like, do a good job and, like, when this big artist, like trashed me I I felt like I wanted to die you know because it's like I I was like am I not doing good enough am I not good enough but is this not am I doing the right thing like is this worth it like and I was like talking to some friends I even talked to my personal trainer personal trainer is like oh it's just one dude's opinion and he's you know it's just one guy's opinion and it probably nobody really even knew what he was talking about they just wanted to see him yeah you know but like i always think like on social media you kind of have to have this like i mean for girls i've noticed a lot of girls concentrating even on on the, like their butt <laughs> you know they yeah. need the booty you know like they i have to have this thick ass and nothing wrong with that Nothing wrong with that at all, but like I'm just saying, yeah. I ain't mad at (laughs) him. I ain't mad. I ain't mad. But like, you know, there's also some women that are probably concentrating a little bit too much on their body image. Like, you you probably were just as like great great as you were, you know, before. You're pretty. Yeah. But you know, a lot of men um also have suffer from a lot of depression, and you know they always say about men's mental health is like really important because it seems like we don't ever talk about it we never really Mm -hmm. no one ever thinks about it i mean like when we get broken up with and our heart's broken we're the bad guys most sometimes and i'll be honest sometimes we are like some guys are dicks but like other times you know you get cheated on or like you can't even see your own son or daughter because you know the baby mama's like tripping or some shit and like yeah and you're you're just trying to like be a good dad but you you have like these limitations and then you have this like it's just hard and then you're trying to keep a good image on on facebook and instagram and and just it's hard
1: yeah i and, can I, I definitely understand man
0: yeah i mean for me it was like being having like thousands of people like say that my podcast was like trash and I was embarrassed, but like, I didn't really, it didn't really hurt me, which is weird. (laughs) It was like, so I'm good. I mean I worked out and I had some people around me to help me realize that this dude is just a, a dude, like he's just one person. Um, Yeah. And some of my other friends, says he's just uh whatever this this cuss word this cuss word whatever <laughs> he, he yeah. he's just a, he's just an asshole that's all he's yeah. like a, i mean he's just a, he's just he's ignorant. he doesn't know he doesn't know <laughs> your journey he doesn't know where you've been he doesn't know like what you've been doing to improve yourself he doesn't know that all he, all he knows is that he went on a podcast and didn't have a good time
1: yeah, and you know, I think with me personally dealing with um, some of the resistance I received from a lot of Strange fans, um, you know, it could have, you know, broken me down or made me not want to do this. But what I would often try to remind myself is of is that long before I got signed to Strange Music, I had been making music. And... You know, uh, a, a thousand people had you know a thousand shitty things to say about my music when I got signed to Strange, but before I got signed to Strange, not one person gave a fuck. Mm. And somehow, some way, I was able to create an opportunity for myself. And so I just tried to con- I try to continue to remind myself, even in the face of of you know the negativity, I don't have to give it any life because it wasn't it was neither negativity nor positivity. To, to, a, to a major extent, that really created my opportunities for me. It was me and my faith and my drive and my ability to see beyond what other people thought. Because even before the world gave a fuck about what I was doing, you know, I feel like our family and our, and our small circle, you know, the community that we exist in, uh, is, is the world before, before the world becomes the world to us. So what I mean is caring about what the kid up the street thinks about me. Directly relates to how I care about how, you know, uh, uh, you know, the world thinks about me. So it was mm-hmm. about getting comfortable realizing that that kid up the street isn't going to hold me from what I feel is destined to be mine, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's the same with anybody that you may come into contact with. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. your story is uniquely your story, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and you don't want to give somebody the power to rob you of that. Mm-hmm. Or you have to continue to push to create a foundation that's so strong that that nobody can take away from it
0: yeah true that is true and um you know i feel like
1: as artists our purpose is, is to be vulnerable and to put ourselves out there even when we may not have the most potent or perfect product i think so many people are hesitant about putting themselves out there because they feel like their work has to be perfect or it has to appeal to everyone. It has to be flawless. And so a lot of people never even take the chance. And I think the beauty of the artist is showing people their journey and saying, look, this is where I started. This is where I am now. And this is what came with me being courageous, with me taking a chance, Mm -hmm. with me continuing to push myself, you know? Definitely. And people need to see that. People need to know that that's possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they definitely... I think that's what. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'm I'm just oh. really passionate about this, being that oh, yeah. I'm on this journey. You know, so many people yeah. see that finished product, and they're like, "Oh well, I can't compare to that." You know, they don't see what went on behind the scenes. And I think as artists, especially in this new generation, where you know we have the internet, and we can really share with people the evidence of our story and our evolution. It's important to do that. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so maybe people didn't feel so great about your first podcast, but when you get to that place where everyone loves your podcast, let people, that that stuff is still available for people to see so the next kid doesn't feel like, you know, the anxiety of feeling, like, well, my podcast has to be perfect and it has to compare to, you know, what Derek's podcast looks like right now, you know? Yeah.
0: Definitely. I'm like, oh, I have to be like, um, trying to, trying to be Joe the- Rogan or yeah. some yeah. shit, you know? I can't, I can't be him. I mean, he's facing controversy, but... Like he has struggles too, and he's just trying to like people ask for his opinion, you're gonna get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, and I'm and it is so true. yeah, I've definitely I've definitely been humbled once you have people kind of just, and not just your friends and who you hang out with, but like people actually criticize your music, criticize what you do but in a good way, it, it seems mm-hmm. like you can grow from that. If you're too surrounded by your homies and you're like, Oh, he's great. He's wonderful. He's such a good rapper. He, you should hit him up. Yeah. You know, it's like, you're not really, it seems like there's something missing. It's like, I'm not getting the actual criticism. It's like, can you tell me, tell me if this, does this hook, is this hook good? Is this verse good? You know, yeah. like no one ever talks about that. But like, you know,
1: I mean, you know, it's such a touchy subject, um, looking for constructive criticism when it comes to art, because art is, is, is a unique snapshot that serves to represent the moment specific to the life of the creator. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it can be hard to receive criticism for that type of stuff. But when you're making something as, as subjective as music, you know, that you have to appeal to the people to a certain extent. So, you know, you want to be able to respect what people are saying, but you know, uh, you got to take those things with a grain of salt, because at the end of the day, you know, there's only, only you know whether somebody likes something or they don't like it. You know, ultimately, you know, like like Lauren Hill was booed at the Apollo. Like you know, a lot of people thought J. Cole would never be as big as he was because they thought this about him and they felt bad about him. I know people that knew who Kendrick Lamar was personally before he blew up, and nobody ever saw him being as big of an artist as he was. I mean, look at Tech 9's story, mm-hmm. you know. Tech 9 didn't, people didn't just think, oh, this guy's going to be the greatest independent to ever make music. People were struggling to figure out what was going to happen with him or if he was capable of, you know, appealing to to a large audience. And look at him, yes, one of the greatest fan bases to ever exist Hmm. in music. They've been following him for 20-plus years, you know, and 20-plus albums. I mean, so you just have to remind yourself that I think what keeps me going especially in moments of, of, of real adversity is that my journey is not to appeal to the world or to create some, some product that I can be proud of more than it is to appeal to myself and create a version of myself that I think has the power to withstand all that life throws at me because my journey is about the evolution of myself as a human being and any and everything that I experience in my life is feeding that. And if I understand that, then I'm always successful. I'm always winning. And no matter what anybody says about me, I continue to move forward. Always. True. Always.
0: Yeah, so I guess we'll wrap up a little bit. Um, You know where to find uh, Maze is on all platforms. M-A to the (laughs) E-Z. Yes, sir. M-A to the E-Z. That's how you spell
1: it. If you're spelling it like a maze, you're spelling it wrong. Okay?
0: yeah follow him on all the platforms
1: that's maze 301 ma easy on all social media platforms my music is available everywhere hello goodbye just dropped run those numbers up enjoy that more great music on the way uh don't show up when we blow up man because we're going to take it to the motherfucking top Mm -hmm. i don't know if i can curse on here i think that might have been the first time that i did but you can believe that shit out we are on one man. Lots of great music on the way. Thank you for having me, bro. For uh, Yeah, bleep what it's up. Been good, it's been a great conversation. Oh, just curse words.
0: Oh, you're good. I curse words are fun. Um, yeah, it, it, I'm really appreciate you being on. Um, I hope I can like get all the strange music people plotting, <laughs> but like I I would definitely love to get like big people on here too, or just really like big influential people like you guys um it's really cool talking to you thank you so much for taking time out of your day and yeah uh, man that's,
1: uh, thank you for saying that i'm big and influential <laughs> yeah
0: you you definitely are yeah uh it's proof is on your instagram way you like we're talking on stage to like millions of thousands of people saying that you can do it it's, it's you're an influencer and an artist and you're really good thanks
1: man yeah thank you for your time today bro
0: thanks so much appreciate you a lot